Green Goblin is the best MCU supervillain. Green Goblin is well acted. Is the, say it with me. Green Goblin. That's not true. Oh, who is it? Justin Hammer is the best MCU villain. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We are Tudor Ramble. My name is Austin. And I'm Richard. This is a Marvel Phase 4 video because the final Phase 4 movie just came out, Wakanda Forever. There's another show, I think, being released. Yeah, I think it's uh, Groot's Christmas special oh, one. I, I think that's the one. Something with Groot. Yeah, something Groot and Christmas. But you know what? We don't care about the shows right now. We are focused yeah. on the movies. The films in Phase 4 is the focus of this. And as you saw by the title, it's going to be us ranking. We each have our different rankings of the seven films. And we're going to also go into some discussion about our mostly our problems with Marvel Phase 4. We, For those of you who have seen our ratings of different Marvel movies. We are not the biggest Phase 4 fans, and we'll get into why, but we will also give praise where the praise is due. Sure. And if you are curious on how we actually come to our decisions on ranking and ratings, uh, and why we give things these weird specific numbers, down in the description below on our YouTube uh, channel, we have a breakdown of exactly how we rate books and movies, exactly. if you're curious. Exactly. And you have your, your ranking of the seven films, correct? I do. Are you confident in that ranking. Oh, I'm confident that mine is the correct opinion. You know, I was confident in myself too. And then I looked for some confirmation bias online. I tried to find anyone else with a remotely similar list. And of course, some of them are universal. Uh, everyone has yeah. to have. We know which movies those are. But I couldn't find anyone with the same exact list I have. So for anyone out there who might have the same list as me, uh, I'm excited to see what anyone comments see this is a nice difference between you and i is yeah. I, I don't care what anyone else's lists are because i know i'm right you don't need to even look up i don't need to you don't need another opinion who needs uh, other people's opinions when i have my own that, that's true it's wonderful <laughs> and if you want a different opinion just ask yourself tomorrow see if i wanted someone else's opinion i listen to another person's podcast but i already have my own opinion so that's why i'm creating a podcast and sharing it. <laughs> i see so i'm curious though for uh, Eddie, what after we give our rankings here, see, do you agree with Richard's ranking? Do you agree with my ranking? Or put your own in the comment below because I'm. Let's cut 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 this out now. What is your ranking of Marvel Phase Four? All right, so going from the worst to the best, so number seven of Marvel Phase Four movies, uh -huh. we have The Eternals. I think that's everyone's least favorite. That's that was a stinker. I won't spoil my ranking. You may be number right. number six. I have Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness at number six. It's the second worst. Then I have Black Widow. And following that for uh, number four, Thor Love and Thunder. Then three, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Number two, Wakanda Forever. And then number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. And that's my ranking of Marvel Phase 4 movies. You, of course, you know what? No wonder you didn't look up anyone else's opinions. Because you yeah. have the opinion of everyone. You absolute toe the line. Look at you. Oh, I'm just going to give my opinion that everyone's going to agree with. Except I think Doctor Strange, people might disagree with you there and put Thor Love yeah. and Thunder lower. But I'm, I don't think people are going to disagree with you. <laughs> I'm correct. That's, I mean, thing is, I didn't even sit down and go, ooh, which one do I think is better? I just pulled up my ranking list and went, oh, look at that. Uh, Wakanda Forever is a 5.3 and Shang-Chi is a 5.25. 
it beat it out by 0.05. 0.05. All right. Yeah. That's where it sits. Gotcha. So that that's your ranking. So No Way Home's the best, then Black or sorry, not Black Widow, uh, Black Panther. Yep. And number three, Shang-Chi. Yep. Last one's Eternals. I think I don't think you'll find too many people that disagree with you. Now I'm curious. I know Spider-Man is going to be your number one, and Eternals is your worst. Is it? I don't know. Yes, it is. Guaranteed. Find out when I say this in one second. (laughs) You want me to give him my ranking? Go ahead. Do you mind if I also explain each one? Do you want me to go into the details? I mean, because I I wrote podcast too. You can explain what you like. Well, I don't want to annoy (laughs) you. You know, I gotta gotta ask. So yeah, that's fine. I wrote a little snippets about why I have them in each placement because our ranking, our rating system. This is what they were rated seventh to first. But then I had a little snippet, little summary of why I feel this way. Okay. So in number seven, very controversial. I have Eternals. (laughs) So yeah, Eternals is a giant mess. And I didn't know this, but did you know Eternals is the only MCU movie ever on Rotten Tomatoes to get a rotten score? The only mm. one to get below a 60% and get the official rotten stamp. Does not surprise me. And the second worst was Thor Love and Thunder, according to Rotten Tomatoes, but still got above 60%. So Eternals was that bad. Uh, and doesn't yeah. mean Rotten Tomatoes isn't always correct. I think the reason why it's so hated and why I hate the movie is it's a let's get the team together kind of movie where you don't care about anybody on the team. Yeah, there, there's for Eternals there's very there's very little that they do competently at all. Yeah. Like every single category is sub a uh, sub 5, which is kind of hard to do. Yeah. And they try to introduce way too many characters. 10, they have a team of 10 new superheroes and their way of introducing them is to use an egregious amount of flashback sequences. And apparently these characters have known each other for thousands of years, yet every line of dialogue feels like they met last week at a Denny's. That's, that's what I got from it. That, that's too nice. An Arby's. That's too nice. A, no, I think Arby's is the lowest you could go. I'll say Arby's. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a White Castle over an Arby's. Any day. Yeah. No. So, yeah, dialogue horrible. Flashback. I felt like we were watching flashbacks more than the actual movie. Too many characters. It's not also, controversial that Eternals a, is number seven. It was a choice. That, that How many superheroes was it? Like 12? 10, 10. A team of 10? It was a team of 10. Yeah. And that was a choice. They could have done a team of five. Nothing stopping them from doing a team of five. But no, ten was there comic book accuracy. I don't know. (laughs) MCU is not concerned with comic book accuracy. (laughs) So Eternals being seven, we're in complete agreement. Yeah, number number six, six? we also completely agree. And this is where I think we'll get some people in the audience that disagree, though. Yeah, my number six in Phase Four is Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, no, there's a couple. There's there's a lot of reasons why. I'm gonna say the the first thing that comes to mind and why I vehemently dislike the movie. Yeah, was that scene. When Doctor Strange and America Chavez were in that futuristic uh, multiverse, and they stand in front of that screen, and it basically whoops stumbled like, into memory lane, <laughs> like stumble into hey, this is the character, this is the character journey of these characters, yeah. and it was just like so blatantly obvious, like it was it was so shoehorned in of like look. This is what Doctor Strange uh, journey is. This movie, uh, yeah. and then America Chavez. Look, this is the trauma she's overcome. Like it was just so ham-fistedly done. It sticks out to me the most. There's a storytelling video somewhere on YouTube. I wish I could give them credit right now. I'll put it on screen. I can't mm-hmm. remember the name, but the way to tell a story is to never, never say the words and then. 
to never say the words, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. Whereas beautiful storytelling, you should be using the words, but, or therefore. This thing happens, but this mm. element in the story happens, or this thing happens, therefore this happens. Whereas Doctor Strange felt like a series of, and then this, and then this, and then this, just throwing things at you. Yeah. Which I will give credit to them. I, I, I swear I can't remember the name. But that's that's one of the big problems with the story. And there are so many problems. Like America Chavez, very dull. Very dull character. She's, I think she's one of the weakest characters introduced in CMCU. I have this down. It's, it's the it's dullest really character, hard. the weakest character in MCU. And she's a personified MacGuffin. She's a yeah. MacGuffin who is just dull and has no personality to her. That's not the actress's fault. It's the writer's fault of what they gave her. And I, by the way, I do have to give credit. I love me some Sam Raimi, but I, we can agree. We just wish the script was somewhat competent. Yeah, it seems like it was a Marvel movie with a with a dash of Sam Raimi fun thrown yeah. in. Yeah, and it was just not enough to pull that movie. And Doctor Strange's whole arc with America Chavez is at the end going, "Hey, America Chavez, just trust yourself, believe in yourself, America Chavez." I bet. okay, <laughs> I got it. Yeah, it's so so cringy. And my biggest problem with the film there's there's a lot. This isn't a Multiverse of Madness uh, <laughs> review, so we'll move on quickly. But the biggest problem I have with the film is the magic system. And it really is a big flaw, where Wanda beats Professor X at his own game. So is Black Bolt's mouth shut, which is a cool scene, but the implications of all of her powers and, and altering reality, she's so powerful that every scene, I'm like when she's attacking Wong, I'm like, wait, why didn't you just... Kill, kill him to spaghetti why didn't you just do this or do that it, constantly you're asking yourself you could have easily killed everyone because of the powers you're showing where and this is well known i'm not the first to say this sanderson says this everyone says this but limits are infinitely more interesting than the powers themselves yeah infinitely more interesting so when wand is able to do anything it doesn't feel fulfilling to the viewer because there's not using limited powers in a creative way. When you can only do something like waterbend in Avatar The Last Airbender, the ways you waterbend and get solve problems is so much more interesting than, oh, Wanda just does stuff because we want it to look cool. Yeah, and the thing is, you can even use that type of character in an interesting story, but they're not going to be the compelling villain. They're going to be yeah. more of a force of nature. They, yeah, like horror stories. Like, there's not really like limits on a good horror villain. Like, not typically you think of, mm. but they're they're just supposed to be scary and close to omnipotent. They're this overlooming threat, so the focus is not on the villain per per se or the monster per se. Mm -hmm. Where Wanda has all those qualities of a horror villain, but they're trying to make the make her relatable, and and she's searching yeah. for her annoying kids who who we can't yeah. relate to because they were here in WandaVision and why I still don't understand why they didn't have her at least going for Vision that that didn't make sense to me like why also Vision's alive Vision's also alive. like where did that whole story go I'm asking all these questions and last point on this movie I'll let you retort but it is offensive to me that Multiverse of Venice calls itself a multiverse movie when it was released within two months of everything everywhere all at once one of the greatest movies ever yeah, it is offensive. That's an insult. Yeah. Also, not very maddening. No, and not very multiversing, is it ever? Yeah, it's like yeah, three. There's, there's three or something. Yeah. So I think we went way into <laughs> we we got some we went back into our uh, review of multiverse of madness. That was what, my number six. What's your number five? Okay, my number five. Oh god, this is controversial. Hmm. 
I think this is controversial. Wakanda forever. It's kind of low. It's, it's pretty low, especially uh, being below Thor Love and Thunder. So, and I'll ah. explain why. I'll, expl- I'll try to do my best. But Wakanda forever, personally, they had to fight. Well, this is more objective, but they had to fight an uphill battle with the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. So they had to rewrite the script eight months out of production. So you could definitely tell they had to go a completely different route. And it turned out to be a dull, too long of a movie. Ended up being two hours, 40 minutes. I felt like it could have been an hour, 40. I said this in our review of Wakanda Forever. And it really came down to the un- how uncreative the plot was. You have Wakanda 2.0, 2.0 with another underwater, technologically advanced, hasn't been discovered yet here and wanted being a threat to Earth. Just being uncreative, the villain, uh, also another big thing that I didn't mention in the Wakanda Forever video, is the villain captures Shuri, kills her mom, and then at the end where Shuri's character arc is supposed to be like, obviously I see it's her showing that she's a better person doing a good thing for her nation or for herself or for her mother and showing mercy, but at what point... Do you no longer, but let me finish the point. So it's at what point do you trust when someone says, I yield after a psychopath that kills your mom and captures you and does this? I see, and I could see what they were going for, but they got me so hyped into the revenge of it. I was like, I, I, you could predict where it was going, but I was more underwhelmed by the whole thing because especially the act one and act two dragged on so long that when act three happened and it had the most predictable ending ever, I'm just like, okay. My thought with it is it's not a story about forgiveness or mercy because Shuri did not um, give Namor mercy. She didn't kill him specifically because if she did, because his people see him as a god, and if she kills their god, like, that's an eternal war. Like, now... Right. And that would be just a never-ending conflict for her people and their people. And so she made the decision of, hey, look, I'm now in a position of strength. This is the only thing this this mm-hmm. Namor guy responds to, strength. I now have him at my mercy, and this is the point. This is the, That was the only point of negotiation she could do. She can never do negotiation with him before, but now that she has a position of power, she can. And that was the only chance for actual peace between her nation and... Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they're called. That's anymore. A, yeah, yeah, but yeah. That without the um, oh the the friend uh, the guy who's the Wakandan who doesn't like vibranium. Who's that guy? The Wakandan who doesn't like vibranium. He was advising Shuri. I forget. I'm sorry. I can't remember his name, but yeah. kind of the comic relief in this okay. movie. Oh, oh, Mbaku. No, whatever his okay. name. Anyway, he actually kind of states that out of like. Do you understand, like, he's considered a god among, among his people. Uh-huh. Like, you can't just kill him. Like, if he was just a general or mm-hmm. a king, you can kill a king and whatever. Like, people can eventually get over that. You killed... If you killed their god, right. that's... <laughs> you can't go back from that. Yes. And I, so that, uh-huh. I think, makes sense. Is she I, giving up revenge for the sake of her people? Yeah. That's not mercy. I like that argument. The reason I didn't find it as convincing in the end was because the only way they were able to destroy Wakanda was he he has he's a, has godlike powers and is able to he's the one that kills the queen and destroys everything. Yes, they use those bombs to get in, 
and are able to attack. But I wasn't convinced they had all that much technology and were able to beat Wakanda. I saw them as very much not as big of a threat as the movie tried to make them. Whereas God Neamor, right, right, that's his name, Neamor, Mm -hmm. he comes in and he's the one that wreaks havoc and destroys everything. So you get rid of him. And I don't think that nation's much of a problem. So they tried to make this nation seem like it's a, it's a U.S. versus Soviet Union type of, oh, it, you know, it's nuclear threats to each other. Whereas, no, it d- didn't seem like that much of a threat to me. But I, I do like that point. It's, it's very much my focus of my critique is more leaning on the dullness of Acts 1 and 2 more so Fair than enough. how it finished. But man, we are. My list is taking so long. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what's uh, the What's the next one? The number four. My number four is Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder gotcha. is number four on on the ranking, and this might seem high, but remember, I just hate Phase Four. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I al- I also don't like Thor: Love and Thunder to any degree. I think it's a movie. It's a movie, and I laughed at times, but the critique you'll have everywhere that I also agree with is it used jokes so much that it undercut the tone of the movie, and it overused jokes to the point of annoyance, and it never let any scene breathe. It also really made a joke of many characters. Yeah. And yeah. to the point it's gone. Yep. Like, you can't really take the character seriously anymore, or which... It just leaves the character on a sour note mm-hmm. in general. So like Very how they so. treated Thor was just really a shame. Yeah, and Hemsworth, he has his charm. And so when he's funny, he's funny. But he had so much charm, actually, he almost made me forget about how much regression Thor's had as a character since Ragnarok. Because man, yeah. is he regressed. And so yeah. what they chose to do with the characters, uh, the, the only saving grace of this movie is like, Christian Bale acted well. Just felt like he acted in a different movie. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't butcher gods as well, so that's another problem, which he's called Gore the God Butcher. So there's a lot of problems there, but at the very least, I smiled at times. That's yeah, that's the best compliment. There I can were give some, in, there were some kind of cool scenes. Like I, I liked the fight on the black and white planet. Oh yeah, with Gore. cool cinematography. It looked cool. Mm-hmm. It definitely looked interesting. Not um, to mention the goats landing and screaming. I, I'm sorry, I'm a child. I'm a child. Yeah, I, laughed. No, I, I laughed at those too. I laughed at that. There, there were still a couple jokes that got you. Yeah. So, and also, I thought, um, I thought the the mighty Thor, you know, Jane Foster. I thought she was pretty good. Yeah. Th- there were there was some stuff where like her cancer was seen, like sometimes joked about, which probably shouldn't have been. It was weird. Oh, her cancer wasn't taken too seriously. But other than that, she acted well. I thought character was interesting. Mm. She was actually, for me, one of the better parts of the movie. This was a Taika Waititi film, and he's done films like Ragnarok, he did, and Jojo Rabbit, where it's very much focuses on the comedy, but those what those movies do is it lets you breathe, and he, he times it very well and has the moments where he takes it seriously. But with this movie, Chris Hemsworth was interviewed, and he said that Taika was making this movie as if he was in the mind of a seven-year-old. Like, what would a seven-year-old do if they were making a movie, and you have Love and Thunder? So the very least you can say, the intent of the movie somewhat landed and i guess so so it's not like he was going for something else he went for what he went for it's just not going to get mass appeal and that's where you're going to get all these lackluster reviews fair enough okay that's my number four number three number three i feel bad that we didn't go into your list in more details now you're you're fine (laughs) we share many same opinions yeah so number three 
is Black Widow. Okay. Seems high. high higher than mine. That it I had to take a look at retrospect of yeah. it on how much was kind of disappointing for me. There was some good stuff, but not much. Yeah, Act 3 was the most disappointing part. Yeah. With Taskmaster and the whole scene, that was the worst part of the movie by far. Mm-hmm. But comparing this to the other like I don't think this is Black Widow is not a top 3 on any other list ever. <laughs> it's in the top <laughs> 3 because this is a Marvel Phase 4 list. And the movie is okay. And the reason I say it's okay and not bad, like I, I genuinely enjoyed the time with the father, Alexei, David Harbour from Stranger Things plays him, and her sister Yelena was her name, I believe. And it's and the mother, it's a dysfunctional family teaming up, going to beat the bad guy spy thriller. And it really leans into it at times and is fun. It just loses you by the end. So I, I'm complaining so much about these movies. I just want to say something decent about one of them. <laughs> so I I had a fine time. I know there's problems with it. But again, in, I'm comparing it to the rest. So yeah, The reason why it's so low on my part is it's one of the lowest. It has one of the lowest cinematography scores for a Marvel movie. Ah, uh, really? It did not look good. There were many That's points that there's not a single good fight scene in it. A lot of the huh. end fight scenes like looked bad, especially for a Marvel movie. Like it, it was not a good looking film, um, sounding everything involved with it. So okay. that was a significant score, and the plot I think was really. <laughs> I I didn't. I thought it was kind of a boring plot, boring plot, and really unnecessary. And ultimately, hey. to the point, like Black Widow's dead. She's gone. Like it doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> so. Definitely a late movie. But yeah. to be fair, I don't know how much of that is um, the movie's fault. It's just the timing of it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not offended by that. Okay. Because it, it affects the emotional impact of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not offended at you calling me out my number three because, again, number seven through three, I don't have passion behind. You know what I do have passion behind? Oh, yeah. Numbers mm-hmm. two and one. Oh, okay. Number two, Shang-Chi. Yeah, fair enough. Shang-Chi... I am not as high. You know what? I got to stop. My initial reaction was to complain. I got to hold back. Wait, let me get all the complaints out of my mouth. Fun. Fun and unique. (laughs) Fun and unique. Fun scenes. The bus scene. Great action. The rings were cool and used in a nice way. I'm I'm not even going to get into the complaints. I'm just saying good. It's my number two. It was a pretty good movie. Fair enough. Are we in agreement? It's a pretty good movie. Sure. It's my number three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I gave it a, a 5.25. Uh, I didn't rate it because it was a long time ago. Oh, but okay. I'd probably give it like a six. Six yeah, or seven. Sure. Man, I, people that are Marvel fans watching, I'm so sorry. This is, this is bad. This we, is a we brutal prom- watch. We promise. We really liked phase one and two. Three. And three. Three, yeah. Like this, this is, we'll get into discussion after I say what my number one Marvel phase four well, movie is. Of course. Is. It's... Booterman. No, no, you don't understand. <laughs> okay, you heard all my complaints about 7 through even 2. I was almost going to complain about Shang-Chi, but I'm not. Okay? Number 1, I will say... Spider-Man No Way Home, the only complaint is the first half plot. Uh, that's it, the first half plot. There's some problems with plot. That's it, throw that out of the way. The rest of the movie, oh my god. Yeah. Green Goblin is the best MCU supervillain. Green Goblin well acted. Is the, say it with me. Green Goblin. That's not true. Oh, who is it? Justin Hammer is the best MCU villain. <laughs> Get out of here. Don't He's you the dare. the best villain ever. I love him. Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, best, best villain. And I cannot believe that Andrew Garfield was arguably the best Spider-Man in that movie. 
had the best arc and was the most fun. I couldn't believe it. And that's not a diss on Tom Holland because I personally think that Tom Holland needs a chiropractor from carrying the MCU right now. He, yeah. he is carrying the MCU. He is the face of the MCU right now, especially with Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans gone. He is your guy. This is what Marvel's got a bank on right now because that movie was great. It was thrilling. Cinematography I loved. The I, I'm not going to... I almost said but, but no, I'm not saying but anymore because this, this was so much fun. It's deserving of the number one in the praise. Hyped. Theater going crazy. Really fun movie. Loved it. Yeah. Especially for me, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man films. Yeah. So, I mean, man, I, I grew up on those films. I watched them so many times. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man 2 is... I, it's arguably my favorite superhero movie. It's at least in the top five for me. And it's not just superhero movie. It's a fantastic film. I think yeah. it, it showcases Sam Raimi's ability to direct. He's a great director. And seeing uh, seeing him back, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, um, mm-hmm. back in the uh, MCU was yeah. just so fun. Oh, yeah. So, What did you say? It. Oh, you're talking about... Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about... Uh, Oh, name hurts my head. You know what's you'll crazy? Put it, you'll put it on there. It, it's Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. Oh, Come God. on. I thought you weren't joking. No, I have a brain fart. It's oh, fine. okay. <laughs> you, know, you know why I just said, are you joking? I'm mm-hmm. such a hypocrite. I was sitting here panicking going, oh, my God, what's his name? <laughs> and I tried to play it off like, oh, yeah, Toby McGuire, of course. Oh. <laughs> I, I also had a brain fart. <laughs> yeah. I was just playing. So that's my top seven. And that took about... The majority of uh, the majority yes. of your time. I'm so sorry. So why don't get into the discussion now? We we each have our we each have our episode. You know, yeah. some you episodes know. are all me. Some lean some into this one. I'm sorry, fine. I had to lean into it. So I'm curious now. Now that we're out of the way with our top sevens, and now now that you understand, you're wrong with about one or two replacements, and you'll apologize later. I'm sure. Yeah. You don't have to do it in front of camera. I I won't do that to you. <laughs> so when I shut it off, you can apologize, but it's fine. So phase four in general. Mm-hmm. This is something I wanted to a fact I wanted to get uh, say to you, and I want to hear your reaction. Mm-hmm. Marvel Phase 4, if you include the shows, of course, has more runtime than the previous three phases all combined. Are you including the shows? Yes. I said, if you gotcha. include the shows as well, there's... So that includes like seven-ish shows or so. So there's more MCU Marvel runtime than the previous three combined. What do you think about that? Is that a problem? It's possible that it doesn't have to be, but... Go on that. Uh, Tell me more. Ultimately, it... I think the principal problem with Phase 4 is the past three phases, it was all set up for Thanos. Every single time. Like, there's one principal overarching bad, big bad villain. There's a lot of individual movies, but the end credit scene and everything's leading up to Infinity War. There was a clear intention, and it all felt cohesive. With Phase 4, you you have set up, so yeah, there's setting up for big villains, but not one. There's the multiverse, the multiverse stuff coming in, which involves Kang the Conqueror, but not just Kang the Conqueror, also incursions are now a big problem that are being set up. And so not only you have multiverse, Kang the Conqueror, now you also have incursions as the big the big bad or the big event then you have the celestials are now a big bad coming up and they're the next big bad the galactic level 
Then you have on Earth scale, you have the setup of the power broker, Sharon Carter, and then Vanessa something or other, the person who plays... um, uh, She's the one in Wakanda Forever. Yeah. The, the oh, what's her name? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I forget her name. Yeah. I, I don't know her name. But she's setting up basically the Dark Avengers or whatever side, you know, the dark version of the Avengers. So they're setting up that. And then I nearly forgot before looking into it, they're also setting up the Scroll Invasion and uh-huh. replacement. Uh, replacement. Uh, so you know how Nick Fury has Scroll versions of him? around on earth and oh, there are different heroes okay. that could be scrolls and who it's the secret invasion so they're setting up that as the big big villain down the line like oh, wow. which one like jesus how many of these are we gonna go for and which one it's is so the confusing it seems like king the conqueror is no you would think but like why not celestials yeah i mean i guess celestials are galactic and kang is multiverse multiverse but thing is here's even worse, there's multiverse and then there's omniverse. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, like the omniverse is a collection of infinite multiverses. It's too much for me. Do you? Think I know this MCU is comics. Is... This is just what the comics are. So fair enough. Are they taking too big of a task? You think it's Here, doable? But it here's manageable? my point. Yeah, probably could. There's so much screen time. They probably could. Yeah. But it's just so all over the place. And because it's split between shows and movies, unless you watch everything and not everything's a hit, like it's just not landing. Like if we just watch the movies, mm. you're so lost. Where is there too much content? Like is it hard to keep up with? Oh, definitely. Like I can't, I'm not keeping up with this stuff. I can't keep up with all the shows. It's, it's I really hard. I, I, there's so many Marvel movies. That's the most I can do. Maybe I'll watch one, one or two of the shows that come out. But there's so many other things to watch. So, yeah, I think for me, it's too much. And it seems like sometimes the shows are necessary, like with WandaVision, to understand why she has that. My frustration with WandaVision is it could have been necessary, but it conflicts with the movie, with Doctor Strange, where Mm. the end of WandaVision, it concludes where she learns her lesson. She gives up torturing the innocent civilians oh, and gives I, I up her children. I agree with the plot reason, but the, the, how she got a hold of the Darkhold, or not the Dark, how she became Scarlet Witch, like at the end scene of WandaVision happens. Yeah. And then it starts in Doctor Strange with she's, our, she's now that. It's a tiny thing, but still, you'd be a little confused if you just watched that without knowing what WandaVision was, I feel. Yeah. Also, Loki is essential. Now watching, I mean. With Kang, yeah. Kang and... Right the multiverse breaking out so it's a bit much and there's no soul focus which was a real strength for marvel phases one through three and maybe this is a oh i'm putting this a wrong the wrong way but i feel like the reason spider-man no way home was so great and i will correct this because i i will correct this because i think i'm saying something wrong here but no way home was so great because it was more localized and yes, it does have multiverse element. Like, oh, they're coming from different multiverses and attacking. So mm-hmm. it does have that scale of, oh, it, you know, it could, it could have that scale of it's the multiverse. However, I feel like the story localizes it enough to Tom Holland's character. And the, it focuses, it's still in, in, the, in New York. And it still focuses on that tiny struggle where it's not, it doesn't seem galactic. It seems like the problem 
that movie's dealing with is very localized, at least character-wise. And ultimately, it's, it's grounded. It's not. It's not that the the situation or the big bad is localized. It's that the character journey is actually very satisfying. Mm. Where take Doctor Strange, and hit, what's his journey to get over to, uh, to trust let, to let someone to tr- trust again? Trust I guess. themselves and yeah. Lame. No one cares. Mm. And then say, oh no, it's actually Wanda's. Uh, it's actually Wanda's story. Right. And you go, okay, her thing is don't kill everybody to get back at your imaginary kids. It, and then they cop out at the end of it. It's like, oh, it's actually the dark hole that has a hold on her. And so all of the movies that we didn't like basically come down to like the character's journey was very uninteresting. And ultimately, I think a big part of the problem with Phase 4 compared to the Phase 1 heroes is a lack of a really heroic characters. Like, everyone except Spider-Man, I think, lack some essential qualities of a hero. Yes, mm. they save the day. But that's not what really makes a hero. It's overcoming personal sacrifice and real real strife. Like, where they have a choice that they don't have to do what they... They don't have to do the right thing. But they do it anyway. Or overcome overcoming a personal uh obstacle yeah it, i mean every single big face phase one hero does it and i'm struggling to think like eternals nothing doctor strange nothing black widow well she's already dead so but in spider-man he literally lets mj and ned uh, erase their memories of him because yep. that's more important and deals with the loss of aunt may yeah and there's Shang-Chi, like, what personal... I guess there's a bit of kind of the relationship between him and his father, but he's not given up anything. There's nothing he's really given up. He was already estranged from his father. I mean, it was just fight the bad guy. Sure. And Wakanda Forever. I think it's the closest, I guess, to Spider-Man, where Shuri really has kind of a, a character journey. But it seems almost like, yeah, she has to. She has to be Black Panther. She has to be the hero. Right? Don't avenge your mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there, there's just that, that little thing in me where it's, I, I can't get out of my head. Like, if you kill my mother, you're dead. It, like, I, I, yeah. I, that's me, for maybe more my personal bias of revenge stories, of I, I like revenge stories. And yeah. it, I like revenge stories where there's actual revenge. I, I don't know. I'm it's, still upset that you, you haven't... Uh finished rage, rage dragon i'll get there i'll get there but am i <laughs> am i incorrect in saying that it's localized is that the wrong word for no way home see because i do there, think it's different because the... think of what am i trying to say can you help me say what i'm trying to say you you're you're confusing the localization of the plot versus i think localization of a character journey mm, okay where you can take movies like guardians of the galaxy yeah Big space galaxy battle, you yes. know, Power Stone, all these big, uh, you know, planetary threats. Yeah, yeah. Stories about like the it's really localized. Ah, the character. Yes, all yes, these yes. character journeys are very you moving. Me. You understand? So you can have a galactic problem, but it really should personally affect your hero. Everything ever at once is very localized in the character journey. Yes. That's what it is. It can be as grand as it wants to, but you have to localize the whether you're going for the drama 
the emotions, the uh, the comedy, the character, whatever it is, whatever your focus is, localize that with your character. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Almost none. Almost none of the Marvel Phase Four movies do it. Yeah. And I would argue the TV shows that I've seen, but. Well, yeah. question for you: hmm. Would you say Marvel Phase Four has been more formulaic or experimental? That's a hard. That's a hard question because. You could argue that there's been some experiments, like the TV shows, like um, She-Hulk. It's weird. She-Hulk's a weird show. Um, you have the Groot's Christmas special apparently coming out. It's probably going to be weird. The What If. Uh, you have Black Widow, which was just kind of a prequel yeah, type say, thing. Even so, the movies are, it seems, like Doctor Strange was it seems a it. Sam Raimi... Uh, you have Thor Love and Thunder. They just let Taika Waititi go full Taika Waititi. <laughs> it seems like that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think the principal problem with the Marvel formula is not strictly plot related. I think a lot of it has to do with the tone of Marvel movies. The There's jokes, a, mostly. The, the jokes, the humor, mm. the characters. They all okay. have a Marvel feel. And there's not a lot of difference between them. Got it. I, I think that's what Marvel's formula is. So you'd has been. say it leans, Phase 4 still leans more into the formula. Or sure. maybe they're trying to, on Surface Layer, be, they're trying to experiment with still keeping lots of the formula. Is that more accurate? Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. I, I'm, okay. My my guess is that they, they just have so many projects running at the same time that they don't have time to focus on any one in particular. Okay. They just have to rush them. There are so many projects. And Phase 5 and 6 are announced, and it seems like there's going to be... Uh, man, Ant-Man trailer does look kind of good, though. But yeah, they've tricked me before. Fun. They've tricked me before. That is true. So we will see when that happens. How do you feel about the new the new Hollywood gold medal everyone gets for getting a cameo in a Marvel movie? <laughs> Where you got Harry Styles now showing up. You've got John Krasinski... Uh, as Fantastic Four as Elastic, and you have Professor uh, X shows up Mr. again. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic, yes, thank you. Uh, Tobey Maguire, you couldn't say Tobey Maguire. So who's yeah, who's okay. the one that sucks, huh? I, I just know Marvel nerds are going to complain about you calling him Mr. Elastic. <laughs> I don't think Marvel nerds made it this far because I've That's I've definitely true. offended them. And I love Marvel. Well, I, I, not Phase I absolutely I'm, love it when people hear our opinions about, like, Oh, these guys are just DC fanboys, and it's like I don't like DC either. <laughs> like, That's the problem. Like, is every we time just, we give a complaint yeah. on like, oh, this is what Marvel's doing bad. We don't like these Marvel movies, and people are like, oh, DC fanboy, and then we complain about DC, and they're like, oh, these are Marvel fanboys. Like, mm-hmm. nah. <laughs> I, I want a- anyone who's still somehow listening to this notice all the books <laughs> behind behind Richard and I. That screams pretentiousness, all right? It's, <laughs> it's designed. The, it's designed to do I, I that. I will say, the, it's fair to say we lean way more on the critical side of things because people yeah. can watch the movies that we're complaining about. They might not see as many problems and can enjoy it because they they live life at a, in a better way, maybe. Because we're, sure. just, we're just negative people. Maybe that's it. I do think it's important to say, like, when we love a movie, like, oh, it's all we talk about. Yeah, that is true. It's just Phase 4 has been so disappointing, and there's been so many flaws with it. I think it's important to... I mean, we got to be honest. It's just... Yeah. 
And the same with DC. We just watched Black Adam. It's just terrible. And it is it it truly was an awful movie. Even the points that it mm. could have done, like there were some interesting ideas. It was the execution that sucked. Where would Black Adam rank in your MCU phase four? Because for me it's number eight, solidly. It's close with Eternals. It's below but, Eternals for me. Yeah, it may. Yeah. I think it has to be. Yeah, Eternals. It has to be. Black Adam was not fun yeah. at any point in but, that entire movie. Yeah, but but the cameos. There's so many cameos now, and it feels like they're going overboard with just here, let's let's get uh Doctor Strange a big problem with it is let's just get a bunch of characters you might recognize or be like, oh cool and Easter eggs and both. Marvel has devolved a lot into the member berries thing. Yeah. Of, hey, look, remember that? Remember that thing? Hey, look, that's a character you remember from the 90s cartoon. Isn't that neat? And, yeah. And what do you think about the big problem now with, uh, I touched on this earlier with you, with Tom Holland being, I think it's fair to say he's the face of the MCU. Yeah. You no longer have, well, we'll see. Maybe they'll bring them back because they're desperate or because the actors want to. (laughs) But Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans, you don't have Iron Man or Captain America anymore to carry. You have your remnants of Doctor Strange and Thor, but clearly they've not been able to to hold this together. What? How do you see them solving that problem? Is it will they be able to solve that problem? Not having your two iconic characters anymore. I mean, thing is, they made a talking raccoon a great uh, a great character. It, it was Bradley Cooper, to be fair. I mean, it is Bradley yeah. Cooper, but I, I I'm never going to count Marvel out. They made Guardians of the Galaxy, which is my, like, just the ragtag bunch of idiots. Like, a stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid characters that, like, wh- how the hell could this be good? And that's my favorite Marvel movie. Like, leaps and bounds. Like, I think it's the best made Marvel movie. Perfect score. Great characters. Not a miss on a joke. Every, the action is super fun. Character journeys for each of them are very intricate and well done. Wonderful movie. And if they can do that, they can do it again. I, I have to believe that at some point they'll have a couple good hits. They'll come up with a new character or they'll do one of these existing characters and really do it right with a great movie. And then maybe that'll get the ball rolling. What happened to you? What happened to old curmudgeon Richard? <laughs> what happened to old, ah, everything's over. Films aren't good nowadays. I just stick to my good old fantasy reading. I mean... That's generally why I'm positive. It's like, because I don't have to watch your movies. <laughs> I can read my books. <laughs> I don't have to watch Marvel movies anymore. And it's uh... fine. But they are coming out with so many of them. You gotta, you gotta think one or two of them are going to be great. That's what happened with Phase 4. Is seven films came out. One of them nailed it. Yeah. So, And, and maybe the second Shang-Chi... That should be what their quality is. They they should at least that should be the bar of don't make movies worse than this. This this is a solid solid entry. Yeah, I agree. Because I I would put Shang Chi kind of, be, just below like a Captain America the First Avenger. You know what I mean? Oh, Captain America First Avenger is a good classic. It's, it's a, a good, good classic. Well, I, well, classic's not like made forever ago. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know exactly a, what you mean. Yeah, it, it's a it's just kind of standard movie yeah it's just a fun movie and for me i think that's where the bar should be set of marvel movies nice I if like every that. movie's around a captain america and then you have a, your standout like winter soldier or you have your iron man's or mm-hmm. whatever 
it would be smooth sailing, but oh well. Then do you think that phases five and six will be better than phase four? Do you think they're just going down down the hole now? Because you did say you had some hope. Marvel could pull it off. Do you think they'll pull it off in these next two phases? I have skeptical hope. I Honestly, I can't even remember all of the ones that are coming out. And there's so many that... I think Ant-Man's uh, the very next. Yeah. Which we'll have a overlook. review here on Tudor Ramble. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm skeptically hopeful that there'll be a couple movies in these other phases that'll make me excited. I don't think we're going to have another like phase one or two or or three where just everyone's a hit. I like, think phase Marvel three was, was the best phase, right? has to be. Uh, Infinity think... War, Ragnarok. They also had Captain Marvel. That was a pretty bad Infinity movie. War, Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Endgame no, even. I mean... Where they had all of these hits one after that and they didn't yeah. miss. I think the days of Marvel never missing are gone. But Damn. Marvel coming out with a pretty good, fun movie every once in a while, it's still in the cards. Should we end on a controversial note? Sure. Even Marvel at its worst is better than DC at its best. <laughs> that's incorrect. It's incorrect, but I think it's true to say that. Uh, yeah, Marvel, it's You know no. what is correct to say? No, Mar- there, there's better DC movies than some DCEU because the animated DC movies are fire. Ah, DCEU is more accurate. DCEU has your Justice League, your (laughs) Black Adam, your, yeah, I'm just naming the worst ones like Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad. Birds of Prey. It's fair to say that Marvel at its worst is better than DC at its worst. Sure, let's leave it at that uncontroversial let's, statement. Yeah, let's leave All it right. at that. And if you liked uh, listening to us ramble about Marvel movies, uh, leave a comment below, tell us what you think. Uh, let me know if you agree with my correct opinion on my uh, rankings, and let us know what your rankings are, especially using our rating system. And uh, that's all. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.